the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I want to get into the story about the CDC. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, is poised to now approve the mRNA gene-altering technology, otherwise known as the COVID vaccine, to officially put it on the childhood immunization or vaccination schedule. Now, I want to just be very clear. This does not mean that it's going to be mandated for children. It does not mean that federal government's mandating the vaccine. But I'm going to tell you that the good news basically stops there. Basically, the CDC is meeting to say that they are poised to say that this vaccine is endorsed and acceptable. So now, for example, we, you know, we just had our daughter and just out of curiosity, I said, hey, what is the child vaccination schedule? And you go and it has it right there on cdc.gov. And this is followed as close to what you could call a mandate of anything else. 99% of pediatricians, 99% of doctors follow the vaccination immunization schedule as if it was a mandate. So is it technically a legal mandate? No. And I actually think it doesn't do our side any good to call it a mandate. Now, could this result in blue states mandating? Of course. Could it result in states mandating or I'm sorry, in schools mandating? Of course. It blows people away when you see how many vaccines are on the schedule. Now, for some children that are born from drug addicts or people that might, you know, live, let's just say, very promiscuous lifestyles, maybe it is a good idea to give that child the hepatitis B vaccine. Just to understand the reason, and I'm not judging if you got it or didn't get it. I'm just simply stating the facts. The reason they put that on the schedule originally is that if somebody gave birth that was that was carrying hepatitis B and they didn't come back for their vaccines, they wanted to make sure that the child was vaccinated against it at birth. Okay. But the point is this, is that they're saying it's not a mandate, but once it gets on the schedule, cdc.gov, it's a big chart. And most pediatricians put this chart up in their doctor's office as if it is gospel. Because we have a society that yields to experts. And so if the CDC approves it, all of a sudden people feel a lot better about it. They're like, oh, well, the CDC, they must know what they're doing. Well, what if they don't actually know what they're doing? What if they're corrupt or just not very smart? What if our elites are fools poising as wise, let's just say, accrediting agencies, when in reality, they don't have your best interests at heart? So here's basically what happened. The CDC approves it on the schedule, and then blue states or even weak red states can then mandate it and say the following. So the CDC approves it. And they can say, hey, in Fort Worth, Texas, your child is not allowed to be on the soccer team unless it's up to date on all the CDC vaccines. So it's a mandate by another way. It's not a national mandate where they say all the kids have to get vaccines, but they're going to figure out other ways to mandate it. Now, you go through the childhood vaccination schedule. 
it has the flu vaccine it recommends from six months older. Polio virus, which is a very popular vaccine that people get. And then they have MMR eventually at you know six months. They have hepatitis A, which again is perplexing to me. Then they have the, the tetanus shot, which they actually combine together, of which no one's been able to explain why they combine all these shots together. Not one person. I've asked this question a lot. I would love to know why measles, mumps, rubella has to all be combined into one and why tetanus and whooping cough vaccine has to be combined into one. Also, uh, just a simple question. Why do we wait for three months? Why not two months? Why not six months? Why not eight months? It all feels very arbitrary at some point. I'd love an answer to that. And by the way, there are some people that are pro-vaccine scientists that have come out and they've rearranged the schedule where they say, don't do these ones and do them at this schedule, just challenging the CDC. I can't remember that guy's name. He's from Seattle, but he's come out and he's basically said, here's what I think is the proper vaccination schedule. But most most pediatricians don't do that. But if you are worried at all about the vaccine, then you should be in an active posture that your child or grandchild very well might be required to get this vaccine by other means. And it's important. There's two types of vaccines. There's the live virus vaccines, weakened strains of live viruses. That's what a lot of you grew up thinking what vaccines are. But now we have mRNA vaccines, a completely different type of technology. And also, this vaccine does not stop transmission. Pfizer has admitted that. And so it's really kind of more of a treatment. But then take a step back outside of the kind of fear-mongering of the suburban moms that just, oh, we have to get every vaccine we possibly can. Hold on a second. Why is it that we're getting a vaccine for a generation of children that are not at great risk from even having a severe case of this, let alone dying? Why would you vaccinate an entire generation against a virus that doesn't pose a serious threat. I mean, look, COVID was made in a laboratory. We know that. Leaked at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, intentionally or unintentionally, we may never know. And one of the bizarre kind of parts of COVID is that kids actually do okay with it. We don't know why that's the case. There's theories about it. But it's kind of tailor-made to hurt people 30 and older, 40 and older, especially 50 and older with underlying pre-existing conditions. These COVID vaccines were the first ever version of these, and we have zero idea. It is a complete clinical trial. You want to know the clinical trial? You are living through the clinical trial. And if you give it to a son or a daughter or grandchild, you're going to live through a clinical trial. It might work. It might not work. Boy, the data is overwhelming that we got problems with it. We have no idea what it's going to look like 10, 15, or 30 years from now. And let me just reiterate this. This experimental gene therapy was tested on eight mice and it will not stop transmission. So what's the point? The entire premise of vaccines is to protect your classmates and protect transmission. So it's a therapy, and the CDC is almost going to guarantee it to be approved. And by the way, there's alternative schedules that have been floated out there because one of the issues that some people say with the CDC vaccination schedule is the quantity of vaccines in a short period of time. And regardless of your opinion on vaccines... If you have that many vaccines be put into a child in a short period of time, it's logical that there might be some adverse events. But now we're adding another one that is a completely different type of technology. And so for some of you out there that say, well, Charlie, you know, I live in Wyoming or South Dakota and they're never going to mandate it. Okay, fine. But what ends up happening if your doctor or your school or if you want to send your kid to college, of which 
I'm not a huge fan of, but let's say you want to send your kid to college and the college says you need to be up to date on all your CDC vaccinations. And so now the CDC is poised to put this on the official vaccination schedule. And then sporting groups, school districts, colleges, employers, potential internships will then look at the vaccination schedule and they will ask in a series of questionnaires, is your child up to date? And at some point, we as the parents of this society need to say, this is not acceptable. I mean, I've been saying it for quite some time. But I'll be honest, why are we putting up with this? Where is the Republican Party saying that this is going to do insane damage? And this is the worst of the fourth branch of government. So if we want to just be pure constitutionalists here, let's have Congress vote on it. Why have the CDC do it unilaterally? Because of the administrative state philosophy that has come into the ninth, from the 1920s. They say, well, we must have a panel of experts. Oh, hold on a second. Let's just go right back to the Constitution. Let's hold hearings. Let's have witnesses. Let's have debate. And then the House and the Senate can vote on just the one issue. Should we add the mRNA gene-altering technology to the immunization schedule for children? Why does the CDC get to do this without the proper checks and balances? Because we've created this fourth branch of government that operates outside of the consent of the government. Just Let's just start there. Wouldn't you love to have spirited debate and have Rand Paul and Mike Lee and Josh Hawley just be able to ask some questions and then have people go on the record? Because the problem with this is every single person who's about to approve this technology to go on the childhood vaccination schedule How do we hold those people accountable? This is exactly why the framers designed a system that was built on consent. So, I mean, someone just said here, Charlie, uh, fire the CDC. Jacob emailed us, fire the CDC. It's not going to happen. You can't fire the CDC. You can maybe cut their funding here and there, but you're trying to tell me the Vichy French Republican Party is going to fire the CDC? No. A more realistic thing should be, hold on a second, It shouldn't be done by these panel of experts who are so obviously compromised by the flow of money from Pfizer and AstraZeneca and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. These people are bought off and paid for by the entire medical industrial complex. I'm not to say that Congress wouldn't be, but at least there would be a mechanism where we could see whether or not Lindsey Graham, for example, would vote to put this on the childhood vaccination schedule. Wouldn't it be interesting to see our representatives actually have to have it out? I don't know, like our system is supposed to. No, 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 no. The reason they do this is they put the CDC out in the corner so there's no way you can hold them accountable. So look, this is going to be coming to schools. And many of you that might be sending your kids to government schools very well might be experiencing this sometime soon. But what happened in Arizona needs to be a blueprint. And I got to give credit to Governor Ducey for signing this into law. Certainly have had my disagreements with him, but he does deserve credit for this and Republican grassroots for pushing this. And I know Carrie Lake is only going to continue this when she becomes the next governor of Arizona. Gives universal school vouchers, which basically allows the money to fall the child. Every single red state needs to copy this. How do we push back against this mRNA shot that will be used as the childhood immunization schedule and then be used in school choice? We need to go build our own alternatives. And we don't have to worry about the mandated public school vaccines. No, we need to actually have policies that push back against this. If you live in Kansas, if you live in Indiana, if you live in 
South Dakota, if you live in Arkansas or Mississippi, you need to demand the same sort of bill that we did here in Arizona that allows full school choice and the money to follow the child. This helps stop CRT and trans stuff. It undermines toxic teacher unions and the cartel that is crushing kids. It allows families that want to educate privately to save money. It's a total winner across the board. Look, Congress is fine. Get a congressional vote and all this. But a theme that I want this show to own, and you better believe, if Carrie Lake becomes governor of Arizona, we are going to become kind of the main, I think, let's just say channel for this belief, is we have to build a positive and exciting red state America. If D.C. won't do it, red state needs to do it. Red states need to do it. If D.C. won't secure the border, we need to secure the border. If D.C. is going to try to backdoor force and mandate vaccines, we need alternatives to do that. If D.C. is going to do nonsense with putting moms and dads on terror watch lists, we need to have some sort of counterbalance to that. Red states need to no longer just say, well, we need to wait to the next election. Act with your 10th Amendment power. The states created the federal government. The federal government did not create the states. We are the United States of America. The states were sovereign before the national project was entered into. One of the reasons why we're not a democracy is because the Constitution, which is a republic, is a bottom-up document. It starts with the people, then to the state government, and then the federal government, all deriving power and rights, first and foremost, obviously, from the Lord or from a creator via natural rights. Government doesn't give you rights. It hopefully protects you from the infringement of those rights. So we're going to keep our eye on this, but unfortunately, the CDC is on the cusp of approving the mRNA COVID shot on the vaccination schedule. I really hope Republicans start speaking out against this. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.